Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
Sonny Stitt. And that bass player made me sit up and take notice because wasn't he a happy bass player putting the note where it should be? It's one of those things that you can't explain unless you listen to it. And it reminded me of the great Tom Rowe. You remember Tom Rowe played bass with Schooner Fair? Tom Rowe had the gift of being able to put that note <laughs> where it did the most good, and this bass player was right in that vein. I'll have to look and see who that was. Ooh, I just realized that this is not next week. Roger Calloway playing something you might have heard before. The other morning on the news we heard that a charter school is accused of stealing taxpayer dollars. And the way I understand it, they either got more of the taxpayers' dollars than they should have or didn't return a surplus of the taxpayers' dollars like they were supposed to do or else they suddenly went out of business and disappeared with all of the taxpayers' money. And now, some charter school is in the news for stealing money from taxpayers. <laughs> well, what's a charter school for?
Sonny Stitt here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. With any luck at all, I'm right here on your favorite station playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com, and I'd love to hear from you. Professor William, who lives up Searsport Way, writes to tell us that his great-grandmother, who was wounded as a toddler, in the Civil War battle that destroyed their newly purchased Virginia farm, his great-grandmother kept driving an automobile after she was over 90 and legally blind. (laughs) That awful. There is no doubt in my mind but what were that aged and legally blind woman still alive today, she would be texting in a Yankee school zone. Can anyone here in this doubt but what the South will rise again?
Wasn't that nice? Jerry Mulligan and Desmond, of course. And you could hear what happened there. Desmond fell into the noodling pattern. Mulligan didn't uh, go into the style of Desmond, but Desmond picked up the noodling, noodling habit of, of Mulligan. I'm sure you noticed that. And now the No Things Considered part of today's mind... Main, prob- <laughs> main private radio show, if you're ready. I'm obviously not ready. Radio friend Tessa writes, When the road got tarred, my long-haired dog laid down on the fresh tar because it was so nice and warm. After that, he was a short-haired dog.
Easy living, Sonny Stanton. Nice tune, easy. Do you believe that one's image is everything? You've seen pictures of neo-Nazi skinheads. You know what they look like, swastikas tattooed on arms or neck, boots, shaved heads. So here's a question for you. Should a skinhead decide to grow and groom his hair, cover his tattoos? Should a skinhead decide to wear expensive Italian shoes and a Brooks Brothers suit? Without changing his philosophy, could he be elected governor of the state of Maine?
Hmm, the great Lenny Bro. Here on the Humble Farmer, where with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station. Thank you, thank you for listening. I know you probably have better things to do. Please permit me to paraphrase a letter from a radio friend who writes, At my son's high school graduation, the new school superintendent spoke to the class using Polonius's speech as his text. The man obviously did not realize that Polonius was a buffoon who said that brevity was the soul of wit. The superintendent then talked for quite some time.
My word, I remember Don Don said to me one time, do I listen to Sonny Stitt? Do I listen to Sonny Stitt? He had this great big stack of 33s. <laughs> Learn a lot by listening to Sonny Stitt. I even heard, just since I started this program, I heard him play a riff that I I heard someone else, a trombone player, I think it was Jack Stock, used it years and years ago. It's exact same thing. Stolen from Sonny Stitt. And here is an interesting quote radio friend Steve sent me. This is the quote. It says that the liberal left is defined by their belief in the persuasiveness of the rational argument. (laughs) I'm going to read that for you again. The liberal left is defined by their belief in the persuasiveness of the rational argument. (laughs) Isn't that silly? Think about this. In a disagreement on any issue, who do you think would win? Big money or rational argument?
Django here on The Humble Farmer. Thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Because I'd love to hear from you. You know that I'm always trying to learn things. While drinking my breakfast rolled oats out of the pan the other morning, I heard a woman on television use the word enchilada. I realized that although I had heard the word enchilada before, to the best of my knowledge, it was in the same category as black holes, in that I had never seen one, and I wouldn't know one if I met it face to face. So I took out my notebook, and I wrote down enchilada, so I'd remember to look it up. And later, I asked my wife, Marcia, the almost perfect woman, if she could tell me what an enchilada was. Mis esposa vive por varios meses en Chile, or en Chile por varios meses. Por supuesto, it is some kind of food, Marcia said. Marcia has lived in Chile, and Marcia has even spent time in Guatemala. So there isn't much she does not know about the exotic foods eaten by our friends with cast-iron guts in faraway lands down under. I'm afraid to ask my wife if she knows anything about black holes. I'm afraid she'll say, Oh yes, in, in 1968 I learned about central singularity while dating Stephen Hawking. Thank you.
Sonny Stitt here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. You have heard their plaintive cry. Those women are oppressed. And then you are shown pictures of women wearing veils. Have you ever asked yourself if it is possible that some women might like to wear veils? I'll not pause here to give you examples of veil-wearing from the world's great literature. Back around 1943, my grandmother had a hat with a black veil on it. She wore this hat with a veil to church, back in the days when you walked half a mile to get to church. Have you ever asked yourself if it is possible that in other countries women wearing veils might think, Those women are oppressed when they see their American counterparts destroying their feet by wearing pointy, high-heeled shoes. The next time you're in front of the tube, look and see if Jane Pauley, who is, at her advanced age, sometimes guest hosting the Today Show, look and see if today Pauley is wearing comfortable, sensible, flat shoes. Having spoken at hundreds of banquets, I have observed that the first thing many women do when they sit down at a table to eat is kick off their uncomfortable high-heeled shoes. For years, you might have also marveled how some women are willing to inflict pain and irreversible damage to their bodies just because everyone else is doing it. Did you see the news program that covered the Hollywood Awards? I don't know what awards. It was some Hollywood Awards. One woman on stage in front of cameras, and therefore in front of the world, took off her shoes and threw them over her shoulder. <laughs> Stood there in her stocking feet, her bare feet. I applauded, as it was the most sensible thing I'd seen on television in months. Nobody but me. 
Williams here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. I'm thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. I guess we got time for one more, perhaps. Do you get more worked up over little insignificant things than you used to? I don't know but what it might be happening to me. A while back, I went to the store to buy some CD envelopes. They were... Nine ninety nine, something like that, a box, and I took two. And when I got home, I noticed that I'd been charged ten ninety nine for each one. I have the feeling that I was overcharged two dollars. And then, even more recently, I went to the store to buy a gallon of milk and a two dollar and twenty nine cent pink bottle of Pepto Bismol. At the register, I was charged four dollars plus for the Pepto-Bismol. I said to the woman behind the counter, I looked at the price tag on the shelf long and hard before I picked up this bottle because your pricing was very confusing and hard for an old man to read. But I think, I think it was $2.29. So, you know what happened? You had it happen to you. Four people behind me in the less than 10 items lane had to wait while the very nice checkout woman went to see for herself. I turned around and said to the people who are waiting behind me in line, we'll see what comes of this. The checkout woman came back and said, no, oh, you were right, you were right. And because we made a mistake, we're going to give it to you free. I said, madam, if it weren't for this kind of thing happening to me, I wouldn't need Pepto-Bismol. <laughs>